Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, good morning and welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. I'm your host, Nate Geary. With me in studio this morning is Brayton Wilson. And on the board, we got Derek Kramer. We've got a full docket of stuff to talk about as the sporting world basically gets going this week, uh, which I'm excited about. The World Cup of Hockey, uh, if you don't know, is uh, is upon us. Camp Sep- starts uh, tomorrow and Monday for some teams. September 17th, the first game. It goes two weeks, and it will go up until October 1st. So we'll really uh, dive into some of the rosters and, and talk about the World Cup of Hockey this morning for the first hour. We'll have... Uh, We'll have Brian Compton on from NHL.com. We'll have him on uh, to preview a little bit of the uh, the rosters, who he sees uh, being the favorite to win the tournament. And we'll also go through what I think is a very interesting, as me and Brayton were talking about right before we got on here, is a very interesting North America team uh, that I think will uh, really put up some pretty good competition for being a pretty young squad. Uh, in hour two, we will have Kevin Connors, ESPN anchor, on with us. Um, we're going to have him help uh, help us out uh, preview the Bills season, which is now just over a week away, eight days before the uh, Bills, not home opener, but I guess season opener, when they're going to take on the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Then it's the following week, Thursday, where they'll take on the New York Jets in the home opener on Thursday night football on NFL Network. Then in the uh, final hour, we'll continue on our uh, our torrid pace of previewing the uh, the Buffalo Bills season. And we'll get into a little bit of college football, because that officially kicked off basically Thursday night uh, with a few teams playing. But the uh, the real matchups happen this weekend. Uh, USC-Alabama tonight. Uh, that'll be a good one to watch. LSU and Wisconsin as well at Lambeau Field. The first ever college football Will game. Will anybody at from Field. LSU take a Lambo leap? I, I'm I, hoping so. I heard one of the players uh, commenting. Uh, he had a radio interview after uh, Les Miles had his had his words, as you as you probably heard in the preview or in the uh, in the update there from Derek that uh, Les Miles basically said if any player jumps in and does the Lambo leap, uh, that they could find their own ride back to LSU, uh, which is going to be uh, an interesting thing to see if someone tests that theory. If I may. Uh, Donald Jones and I were having this conversation back on Thursday um, while Donald was here at Intercom for uh, the John Murphy show. Off the air, we were having this discussion. If that's my kid and he does the Lambo leap and Les really does go through with that uh, threat of leaving someone behind, I don't care. I'm driving my kid back because Lambo leap, that's probably once-in-a-lifetime thing to do. He, he can't possibly... Yeah. Say that with meaning. Like he that's had to why, have been joking, right? That's why I think the player, when he said College he's coaches. going to absolutely do it, and whatever the punishment is, like he'll take it. I there's there's no way he's actually going to leave anyone there. I I, I don't know, no, man. College coaches college coaches are off their uh, are off their rocker when it comes to power. You you see how many people like despise guys like Saban or Les Miles for all the power that they have on a college campus when it comes to. Uh, dictatorship almost with their programs i don't know i I just don't see it 
if I was a player and I scored and at Lambeau Field and I was playing, I am doing the Lambeau leap a hundred. I'm doing it a hundred out of a hundred times. It's a Lambeau leap, like you mentioned. It's something that only you know a handful of There's people no will ever get to experience. That, like even at Alabama or LSU powerhouses that pump out NFL regulars almost every year. That's still no guarantee that you're going to be able to do the Lambeau leap. Right. There, there's a good. There's a good. I mean, if you play in the AFC, you may never play Green Bay in Green Bay. There's exactly. only one way I'd ever do the Lambeau leap. Is I would do the Lambeau leap if I was scoring a touchdown and there was a crowd of my team there. If I'm being a visitor, oh no, I'm only, going. If no, I'm going right. I'm yep. going no, right I mean, into the opposing crowd. Doesn't matter. Yep. I it's but that's hundred percent like Nate said. I mean that's that's just my. Take I honestly, that I, I think I way. would rather go into a crowded group of opposing fans than I would, you know, because well, the only thing is you it's, get you end up getting like a lot of beer, beer and popcorn food stuff thrown at, at you. you. Yeah. Jokes on them. That's a lot of money. Some yeah. <laughs> people are gonna like try and rip your helmet off and try and take it as a souvenir. Yeah, no, it, it's it, not worth it to me if I if I'm there and I score a touchdown and I see a small group of you know, let's say I'm playing for. I don't know. I'm playing for UB, and we're playing a game there against Wisconsin. I score a touchdown, and I see some UB fans there. I'm jumping into the crowd with the UB fans. I I really don't care. I'm with Nate. A hundred out of a hundred times. Yeah, I think it's Braden, so you just, rare. You just got to do it. Sometimes it's okay to play the villain. No, I think what it is. I, I think that Brayton's worried he doesn't have the ups to get in there. That's what I. Well, think. you're saying I can't jump. I'm th- I'm saying you don't think you have the ups to get up in the Lambo leap. I probably don't. (laughs) All right, well, let's head into the World Cup of Hockey, Brayton. Obviously, this week, as you mentioned, camp gets underway. Uh, Some Sabres that you should uh, be keeping an eye on. There are three players. Uh, Originally, there were four, but uh, as you probably heard last week, Robin Leonard um, taken out of the the Sweden, right? Yep, he pulled out of the tournament from Sweden. He's still recovering from his ankle uh, surgery that he had in late March. Uh, so Jonas Enroth was named as his replacement, former Sabres goalie and now Toronto Maple Leafs goalie. Who may be getting some early starting time. Yeah, because Frederick Anderson hurt his shoulder the other uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, an Olympic qualifier, which... What you know, are I, you doing there? Well, I mean, it, the Olympics do matter, but the thing is, is that the NHL players might not even be going right. to play. So, I mean... I get it why some of these players are playing in the qualifiers because they want their country to be represented in the Olympics and one of the greatest sporting events that comes around every four years, for especially for hockey. But if you're not going to be there, then I just don't understand why you'd even take that risk, especially for, I mean, especially for a team like Denmark who might not even, I mean, they're not even going to be likely not going to be a competitor in the Olympics if they make the Olympics. Which there's probably really no... Uh, to me, Denmark, there's a good chance they may not make it through the qualifiers, especially now without Frederick Anderson, probably one of their top players. Um, so an interesting uh, interesting de- development there uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But Toronto gets to be front and center as all games will be taking place in the Air Canada Center in Toronto. So if you're uh, if you're in Buffalo and you've got some uh, free time for a weekend or something, you can head to NHL.com. They've got a World Cup of Hockey uh, page. You can go to tickets and uh, head up to Toronto. Make a weekend of it. You could probably see a few games in a day. Um, I know we'll be kind of going over the schedule this afternoon as well. But what I want to get started with, Brayton, is going through some of these rosters. As I mentioned, three Buffalo Sabres. 
um, will be uh, will be playing the in the uh, coming weeks here, uh, starting and highlighted by I think we can uh, we can all say Jack Eichel, who will be highlighting uh, Team North America. Um, Dmitry Kulikov, he will also be playing. Um, and uh, who's our last one? Oh yeah, Rasmus Ristolainen will yep. also be playing. So we can look forward to seeing those three players. Uh, all three going to have pretty significant roles, I would think, on their teams, um, especially Jack Eichel. Uh, me and Brayton were just talking beforehand about Jack Eichel and what potential line he could be playing on, and uh, Brayton, you told me he could potentially be playing on a line with whom? Uh, there was a, on NHL Network, they were talking about... Um, they were talking about what lines could look like for Team North America heading into the tournament. Now, I think this may be a little bit outdated because they haven't updated Sean Monahan pulling out with backs with uh, his back issues. But the top line for Team North America that the NHL Network had projected out was Connor McDavid as the center, Austin Matthews on the left side, and Jack Eichel on the right side. That's the top line for Team North America that the NHL Network and NHL Tonight projected. McDavid, Matthews, and Eichel on the first line. That is a ton of speed, a ton of skill going up against some of the other top players in the world. That's incredible. And uh, if McDavid gets thrown out of a faceoff, it's like, oh, we've got two other guys who are right, professional yeah. centermen. Which <laughs> which way do you want to go, Connor? Do you want to play on the off wing and right. have Jack take the faceoff, or do you want to go on the left and have Matthews take the faceoff? It really doesn't matter at this point. But... I'm looking at their their lineup here, and I mean, even with Sean Monahan out, he was replaced by Vincent Trocheck from the Panthers. But I mean, they've got Ryan Nugent Hopkins um, as sort of their other option there that now will move up, probably play on the uh, third or fourth line. But I mean, looking at their lineup here, Nathan McKinnon's probably going to go from being their third line center to second line center to play with Goudreau and Saad. And again, this is all based on what nice the NHL Network. Yeah, that's a awesome line. Brandon Saad, in my opinion, should be the captain. He's he's the most experienced veteran of that group. Um, you know, he should be captain. It, it, it's it's either him or Sean Couturier. I get it if they make Connor McDavid captain, but I mean, he's it's just a publicity thing. If I if he were to get it, eight oh three oh five fifty the number. If you want to talk about the World Cup of Hockey here, as we preview the World Cup of Hockey, which starts September seventeenth and goes through to October 1st, but obviously camp opens this week, so we wanted to get a nice preview, uh, preview some of the rosters that are going to be um, in the tournament as well, and a little bit of the format and who we like as favorites, so 803-0550, 888 you question for you, got? So with the, uh, with the goaltending for the uh, North American team, you've got three goalies on the roster. You've got Connor Hellbuck from the Winnipeg Jets, you've got Matt Murray, from Pittsburgh, who just won a Stanley Cup, and then your third guy is John Gibson. And I've been going through these rosters, trying to figure out who's going to, you know, who's going to play where, who's going to start, who's going to, you know, not play as much. And the goalie situation is really intriguing me for North America. I think Connor Hellebuck is a great goalie, or a great young goalie, I should say. He's played, he hasn't played much in the NHL, but he's shown a lot of promise that he'll be Winnipeg's next starting goalie of the future. But John Gibson and Matt Murray. Who do you start between those two? John Gibson's one of the bright, young, up-and-coming goaltenders who really started uh, playing really well with Anaheim, but yet you just had Matt Murray, who just won a Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. It's it's kind of a toss-up there because I think John Gibson can carry the load, but then Matt Murray can just play as well, and that competition is going to be one heck of a, a good competition going into the World Cup of Hockey. 
I think I probably go with Matt Murray here, and I'd the agree. Re- and and the reason I do that is because I mean, I mean think about it. This guy had. He really started almost no regular season games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then he's basically the backup. Who was the other goalie in uh, Talbot, right? No, 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 no. no the Jeff Zakoff started the Zakoff, first game Zakoff, of right. the Stanley Cup playoffs then against the Rangers. Then got hurt No, something. he struggled. He struggled. And then they put Fleury Matt Murray in, hurt. and Murray basically takes, yeah. the, takes the job for the rest of the season. And now you've basically got a, a, a situation in Pittsburgh now where you've got Fleury and Murray, which... Uh, it's which very one? awkward. It is kind of an awkward situation, but now I think you really look at Murray as your goaltender of the future there, and right. you're, he's just coming off of a hot streak in the playoffs, taking and really at points leading his I team. I mean, this is likely the last year that Marc-Andre Fleury right. is going to be a Pittsburgh Penguin because I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to put him up for the expansion draft and keep Matt Murray just because Murray's younger. He showed a lot of promise. Not only that, but he carried that team, helped them carry the team to the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, he was playing... Tampa should have went if it wasn't for the heroics. Well, yeah, of I mean, Game Five, yeah. and if they would have had, Bay, if they would have had Holtby, or um, if Game, uh, game if Five, Tampa Bay had, was going against Mark Andre Fleury, who was just coming off of a concussion and wasn't playing since late March. So, I mean, they shouldn't have replaced him in the first place. So, eight teams, Brayton. We've got eight full teams. It's separated into four divisions here um, for the World Cup of Hockey. Team Finland, Team Russia, Team Czech Republic, Team Sweden. And then you've got Team Europe, Team USA, North America, and Team Canada. What we're going to do now is preview a little bit of Team Canada, who is uh, headlined by quite a number of great to uh, elite players in the NHL, Tyler Sagan, Corey Perry, John Tavares, uh, Stephen Stamkos, Sidney Crosby, uh, Claude Giroux, Matt Duchesne, and these are just some of the forwards. Then when you look on the defensive end, on the blue line, you've got Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Jay Boomister. I mean, this is, this is a team that right now is probably your favorite to win the tournament. And then on the back end, in goal, you've got Corey Crawford, Brayton Holtby, and Carey Price. It's like, what, what do you even... <laughs> There's a question it's, there. It's difficult. Ah, no, it's going to be Carey. Car- yeah, absolutely, but absolutely. Carey Price that, is still the best goalie yeah. in the NHL. The way that Holpe's been playing, though, I agree. But it becomes some something of a question. And Corey Crawford's got two two Stanley Cups, but uh, I don't know. I think it's it's a no brainer that that Team Canada starts Carey Price, as you mentioned, Brayton, still the best goaltender in the league. I, I think, and he's hundred percent now. That. People just forget about that because he missed so much time last season and Montreal really. I mean, if that should tell you anything, is just how much Montreal struggled after Carey Price went down in their lineup. But and granted, they're still not that great, but Carey Price carries he the load. carried them through the playoffs yeah. for two years, and then last year when he got hurt, you obviously saw the the step back that they took. And then they end up trading P.K. Subban this offseason, which I'm still just completely baffled by. But the fact is is that Montreal is really nothing without Carey Price at this point. And Carey Price, he's 100%. He's still the best goalie in the world. I, I know that Braden Holpe just came off of a Vezina year with Washington and is one of the best goalies in the world now. But you, there's no way you can pull Carey Price out of there. Not only that, but Carey Price was one of the sole reasons why Canada won the gold medal back in 2014 in the Sochi Olympics. All right, now, Brayden, let's move on to Team USA, which uh, (laughs) is another interesting lineup here, and especially at the goaltending position, as we were just kind of talking about some of the interesting guys um, for Team Canada. For the goaltending position here, we've got Ben Bishop, Jonathan Quick, and Corey Schneider. I think at this point, Brayden, who is your guy that you're going to go with as your starting goaltender? My thought is probably Corey Schneider. Yeah, I like Corey Schneider. I think that he's probably the goalie that, 
you know, should start, I still think it's going to be Jonathan Quick. Yeah. I mean, because he's been there before. He started for the U.S. in the Olympics. He's been one of the better goalies in a long time. But then I wouldn't be surprised if Ben Bishop started. Because I, Ben could Bishop, go either way, right? he's been there. He's played very well. He should be 100% healthy after getting hurt in the playoffs last year against uh, against Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals. But for for U.S., their goaltending is probably, I'd, I'd say probably just as strong as Montreal's. Like, Montreal, you can have one of those guys get hurt or go down, and then you could slide in any of those Team two. Canada, Sa- yeah. Team Canada, yes, I'm sorry, Team he, Canada. He just, see that? He's just assuming Carey Price well, is going to start. No, Carey Price is just... Just call him Montreal. Carey Price is just that good at carrying teams that you can just call it Montreal. <laughs> Yeah, but Team Canada, you can slot in any of those three goalies and yeah. they'd be fine. The same with the United States here. I mean, if you put Ben Bishop in, he has a bad game, then you put Corey Schneider in, then they're fine. Or if he has a bad game, then you put Jonathan Quick in, then it's they're okay. Where, though, I think the biggest difference between, and clearly, as we said, Team Canada seems to be the favorite in this tournament. And then I really think you've got a few teams kind of vying for that number two spot. USA, to me, isn't that team, though. Um, I, I don't feel up front, and even on the blue line, they're quite as even strong yeah. as Team North America is. Um, I mean, you're basically highlighted by Patrick Kane up front. I mean, Ryan Kessler. They're a team that decided to go with size instead of going with speed and skill. And I mean, I you think got that, guys like Justin. Justin Abdelkader, David Backus, while they're great players, you know, they're bigger guys. I mean, Justin Abdelkader can put up some nice offensive numbers, but he's nothing like, you know, and a Zach, Phil Kessel Zach who is it just left isn't off. the player that he used to be. Van Riemsdyk, as we've still, I think everyone's been waiting for him to kind of come out of his. Blake Wheeler's a nice, I mean, he's probably your one of your top players. Your TJ Oshie. It's still amazing to me that Phil Kessel's not on this roster. Uh, well, he's hurt. <laughs> It, he wasn't. He, he wasn't brought on. To he it wasn't brought on. But he's at even, all. even if even if he wanted to play, he's not going to even. They're saying he may not even be ready for my uh, problem, for opening week for uh, for the NHL. My problem with Team USA is this. And Brayton, you said about the size thing. I think they're dumping, chasing their way to to fifth place here with John Tortorella's coach. Tortorella is not a good head coach. I don't know why he keeps getting jobs. He's like the Sam Bradford of the wow. NHL. Continues to just get a new life. I, I, I can't stand John Tortorella. Yeah, and when you look at the blue line for Team USA as well, you've got Dustin Bufflin, John Carlson, Eric Johnson, and Jack Johnson, Ryan McDonough, and uh, Matt Niskanen, as well as Ryan Suter. I, I don't know. I Again, you've got Dustin Bufflin who, say what you will, but he's a big... Uh, this team is built like a, like a 90s team would I was be just having this conversation with Craig Revey the other day uh, because Winnipeg named their captains. And Dustin Bufflin was not named the captain. He was named an alternate. But we were going through people on the roster who could be captain. And I'm looking at the roster and I'm thinking, no one on this team is captain worthy. Blake Wheeler ended up being named as captain. And Blake Wheeler is actually playing for Team USA uh, on the roster. But Dustin Bufflin, Craig said, like he's a guy that comes in 30 pounds overweight every year but still manages to play super well. And not only that, but I just, I, I don't know. I just think that. This going back to the USA roster, I think that this team is just built too big with not enough speed. I mean, they've got some players, especially that can skate when you look at Team North America, that can score. If those two teams are paired up against each other, North America is going to just skate circles I think, around that team. I want to say that North America is in a different group than I, what I'm saying is if at some point right. those two teams, yeah, meet, like if they meet up in the semifinals, I mean, I'd take the Team North America over Team USA. I mean, granted, easily. I think that. You know, they overpower North America with size, but 
I mean, we just saw North. Uh, we just saw the Penguins, a team with a lot of speed, overpower San Jose and win the Stanley Cup that way with speed and skill. And North America has speed and skill. The United States, they have size and skill. And I think that you know, if you can't take away the other team's ability to skate and be fast. It's going to be very it's difficult. It's going to be a long one. Let's move on to Team Europe, um, who I think's got an interesting kind of roster as well being put together. <laughs> interesting uh, is the right word for this here. I mean, Marion Hossa, okay. I mean, a lot of aging stars is what I'm seeing. Anzi Kopitar. Marion uh, Yannick Hansen, uh, Tobias Ryder. T- t- uh, Toby, Tar- yeah, I mean, there's there's guys in this roster that are, yo- that are young and sort of these unknown characters. And then there's other guys that are aging, grizzled veterans. And to be quite honest, Europe is probably the weakest team is what I would think here. And then you've got on the defensive side, Zdeno Chara, uh, Christian Ehrhoff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean their, their defense is old. Yes. I, mean, I mean, Mark Schreit, Christian Ehrhoff, Zdeno Chara. And then their goaltenders. Are, right now, with Frederick Anderson out, I'm sure they will be replacing him with someone. Um, but you've got both New York Islanders goalies here, Thomas Grice and Yaroslav Halak. Uh, I mean, do you probably go with Halak in this situation, oh, yeah, or do you absolutely. go with yeah, Bryce, who's kind of had the high hand in the playoffs? Frederick Anderson is healthy, because we don't know if he's not going to play yet. He's he's flying back to Toronto to get evaluated, but if he's not healthy to play, you have to play Yaroslav Halak. I would have had Anderson start in the first place and have Halak back up, but Thomas Grice, uh, at the end of the year, he was playing a majority of the time in net because Halak was injured. And Grice, while he showed that he can be a back, that he can be a nice backstop there in net, um, I've I've seen some tendencies with him where he can you know he's he sort of reminded me of Chad Johnson last year. Chad Johnson, uh, he's he was kind of shaky at first. He didn't look really that comfortable, but then as the season went on, he got better. He got more comfortable. He was squaring himself up to every shot. He was looking solid in net. But the thing is, is that with you know Thomas Grice, I just you know. I don't I think see you him know. Playing. Yeah, I think you know what you get with him. Uh, team Sweden, um, another team I think will have a shot at this, but their 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 roster's not obviously. I feel like as strong as I mean, it's much stronger than Team Europe here. Um, as we move through some of these guys, the Sedins, obviously, um, you're looking at Landeskog. Um, Philip Forsberg, which I think is a nice, a nice little piece for them as well. Louis Erickson, uh, Nicholas Backstrom on the defensive side, uh, some some names as well. Victor Hedman, Oliver Ekman, Larson, um, you know Eric Carlson. This is going to be a team I think, and then oh, I'm sorry, and the, the goaltending situation as well as we mentioned earlier. Jonas Enroth, um, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, who's obviously going to be your starter there, and Jacob Markstrom. But the Team Sweden will have a shot at this, I think, depending on the group that we're in. That Sweden's they're in. got that real nice touch of good veteranship and veteran experience, and obviously solid and then goaltending. Some, uh, I mean, the goaltending. I mean, Lundqvist is one of the best in the world. There's no doubt about that. Jacob Markstrom, I haven't really seen him take that next step. I mean, he's a big goalie, really big. He's played some really nice games for Vancouver. He just needs to show that he's going to take that next step. And then, of course, Jonas Enroth, of course, he has the potential to be a starter. I just don't think his size is an advantage to him. But one issue that I have with Sweden is, you know, they they lost a couple of guys due to injury. Uh you know, Henrik Zetterberg being probably the most prominent because I bet he would have been named captain of the team. But, um, you know, is that young, inexperienced international competition going to blend well with the veterans who have played for a while, like the Sedin twins? I mean, I think that Sweden will be one of those teams that are probably going to be in the top four going to the semifinals. But 
Um, you know, if Henrik Lundqvist goes down, that should be a concern. I think their defense is one of the best defensive groups in, yeah, one of the de- best defensive groups in the entire tournament. I-, I will say this, though, before we move on. I am never going to count Sweden out as a top contender for the whole shebang. Sweden and Finland, to a lesser extent, they always know how to come out and play on the world stage. And I love that defense. That's a puck moving yeah, defense with, there. with Ekman Larson and Hedman there. I mean, if those and two Carlson. are paired up, yeah. Carlson's one of the best offensive right. players. Don't, you're right team. about that. I mean, their defensive, their their blue line is as impressive of a blue line don't as you count basically them have out in this gold. tournament. Yeah. Don't count them out for gold. I don't think it's gold. I think it's just they're going to win the tournament. I mean, there's like first, second, third, but like I don't think there's any gold, silver, or bronze is being All right, awarded. Team Russia, guys. I think another interesting team here that has a shot uh, as well as Sweden as well. Um, you know, you've got guys like, oh. Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Nabokov, or I'm Evgeny Nabokov, Evgeny Malkin, oh uh, right? How about that? Nabokov. Nabokov um, dropped today. I, that's how, Saturday. <laughs> that's, that is your Saturday. Uh, defense, um, Emelin, uh, Kulikov, as we mentioned as well. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think about Team Russia? Team Russia, Quickly. to me, they've got some really good talented players and Russia has very good talent they're always a very good talented team but their defense I'm looking at the defense and I know that Kulikov now that he's with the Sabres I just I see this defense and there's only maybe one guy that can really skate well on the defense and that's Dmitry Orlov he's a very good skater not to say that Kulikov is bad I just think that you know he's not great none of these guys are really that good I don't know much about Nikita Zaitsev um, but you know, I the defense concerns me with with Team Russia, and then of course with their offense, they've got some really good talented guys. But it, I, but the thing with Russia is that are they going to come together and be a team that's going to be a team and not just a team full of skilled players that are going to want to make these incredible plays and passes and you know try and shoot and be skilled? I, I just want to see like for Russia, they need to be a team that is a group that comes together and plays a solid team game not this team that comes over and just plays skill and tries to impress the world that way because they're because if they do that they're not going to win they're they're fun to they're fun to watch when it comes to entertainment value a lot of goals are going to happen they're going to score goals and they're going to let up goals like Brayton said defensively they're always weak this year looks no different but it at least looks like it's going to be a fun watch all right, 803-0550, the number to call, 888-550-2550 if you're out of the area. Brian Compton joins us next from NHL.com on Sports Talk Saturday. This is WGR. I'm taking off in a week, so pretty excited about it. It should be a great uh, great experience, and I'm just looking forward to it. There's been a lot of hype around this event, and I think it's going to be a fun one to plan. That is Sabres forward Jack Eichel there as he prepares to uh, to head over to Toronto to play in the World Cup of Hockey, which brings us to the AT&T Hotline, where we bring in Brian Compton of NHL.com. Brian, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for uh, coming on the program today to talk a little hockey, which I think we're all pretty excited to do, as uh, most people in Buffalo at this point are just starving for some sports. And uh, it's a nice uh, little teaser for this season, as we'll see uh, three Sabres players um, heading up to Toronto. So, Brian, my first question to you is, is there really at any point, uh, is there a better city to host this event um, than Toronto right now up, uh, up north? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think Buffalo would have been a nice spot as well. There's a lot of good hockey hotbeds up there, as you guys know. So um, it's going to be a phenomenal event. Uh, the Killers and Green Day uh, performing uh, during the tournament. It should be a lot of fun. And 
despite the injuries that we've had over these past couple of weeks, guys uh, back in other tournaments, uh, the replacements are, are pretty uh, awesome players as well. So uh, it, should, it should be a really fun tournament over these next couple of weeks here. Yeah, and and Brian, you did mention the injuries. I mean, there's been a lot of notable injuries that have that have happened over the past couple of weeks. Is there any team specifically that uh, will hurt the most from these injuries? Uh, and you know, what kind of an impact could those injuries have? Well, I didn't like Team Czech Republic's chances going into this tournament, and now that David Krejci's not going to play, I mean, that's a devastating blow for those guys. So. Uh, I would say that's probably the most devastating loss uh, of any player that that's backing out of this tournament. So I would say that uh, Team Czech Republic is hurt the most by this so far. Now, do you think that if this tournament is is a hit and really goes well and it's popular with a lot of the fans uh, around the league, do you think that this could mean that you know the NHL going the NHL players going over to the Olympics is maybe a, a sign that it's going to not happen, or do you think that it's only going to be that 2018 maybe doesn't happen and then they go back in 2022? What do you think that this could mean for the uh, future of the Olympics? Yeah, I think it's hard to say. I think a lot of it depends on where the Olympics are. I think the next one, obviously, in Beijing. Um, doesn't really help uh, as far as the league is concerned. You're talking about probably more time off. Uh, usually it's a, it's a two-week break. You probably have to take more just because of the travel involved. And, of course, there's a lot of players that really don't care where it is. They want to perform in the Olympics. So uh, it's, it's probably going to be a little bit of a battle going back and forth between the two sides. But um, clearly the success of this tournament is going to play a role uh, in future Olympics, I would think. Brian Compton of NHL.com joins us here on the AT&T Hotline. Brian, we've been looking through the rosters, and probably one of the more intriguing teams in this tournament is, of course, the North America team, the 23-and-under group that has a lot of good, young, skilled, talented players. What kind of success could you see this team having throughout this tournament? I think I think they could make some noise. I really do, and I think uh, you know just the, the amount of talent, like you said, Connor McDavid, uh, Austin Matthews, uh, the number one pick from this year's draft, is going to be there. So um, I, I I think the goaltending situation needs to be addressed before it starts. I know Matt Murray; they said the other day is going into this camp as the number one, but uh, John Gibson is a hell of a goaltender as well, and I think he's going to see some playing time in this tournament too. So. Uh, anybody that's discounting these guys, they're they're coming to play. From all the quotes that we've seen from various players over these past few weeks, they're coming to play. And uh, I wouldn't discount these guys for making some noise at this tournament for sure. Now, of course, Buffalo has Jack Eichel playing on the team, yeah. and we and I saw a tweet earlier this this uh, this morning saying uh, with a with a picture from. Uh, NHL tonight, they were discussing the possible lineup. Now, it, it, I think it may be a little outdated because they still have Sean Monahan on the roster, and of course, right. Monahan pulled out with back injury. But they had for the first line on the projected lineup at, with McDavid as center, Austin Matthews on the left side, and Jack Eichel on the right side. Now, this question specifically about Jack Eichel do you think that would be a possibility for a line for North America and really if not what kind of where could do you think he could slot in and what kind of an impact he could have for this team yeah I think it's possible Tom McClellan has a lot of options here um maybe Eichel is, is better off as a center maybe they figure that out during the exhibition games or you know in the first couple of games of the tournament so uh like you said Monaghan that's a big blow for for team North America but Vincent Trocheck is a heck of a player uh he had a hell of a year with the Panthers last year he's going to make an impact on this team too so uh, whether or not Eichel starts on that, that's a hell of a line. If that's what it's going to be, right? There's a boatload of yeah. talent on that top line. But uh, if it's not, 
Uh, it could be a Crosby Malkin type of thing where they where they determine it's better to, to, to balance the four lines and Eichel centers the second line. Uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But clearly, like I said, uh, a lot of talent on that North America roster. All right, yeah, and and another Saber that is going to be playing in this tournament, who's another young, really skilled, talented guy, is defenseman Rasmus Ristolainen. He's going to be playing for Team Finland, and I'm looking at their roster right now, and. Of sides from Sammy Lapisto, who's a who's a grizzled veteran uh, in the hockey world, this the defensive roster for Team Finland is young and really yeah. talented. Ristolainen, do you see him slotting in maybe as as a top pair defenseman with a guy maybe like Sammy Votnin, or do you see him more as like a three four kind of guy, especially with this lineup that Finland has? No, I think he plays with Vatnin. I think he's good enough to play on that top pair. You guys have seen him, obviously, a lot, and uh, I think the best is still yet to come with this kid. Um, I think that's kind of been just reading everything that's been going on at this tournament. That's probably going to be the the Achilles heel of Finland, just not that they're not talented enough on that blue line, but just how inexperienced they are. So this is a great chance for Rich Lawn and, uh to play top minutes against the best players in the world, and um, it's, it's ultimately going to boil down to can they handle – uh, you know, those responsibilities and obviously the play of Tuka Rask. If Rask isn't good, uh, Finland's chances of making, of, you know, doing some damage in the tournament can be pretty far-fetched. Brian Compton of NHL.com with us here on the AT&T Hotline Sports Talk Saturday with me, Brayton Wilson, and Nate Geary as well. Brian, for this tournament, I know that you mentioned that Czech Republic didn't have really that great of a chance, and then you mentioned, you know, with we asked you about North America, you know, possibly making a uh, a splash in this tournament. Is there another team in this tournament that could be like like a sleeper team for you that you know don't don't sleep on this team? Is there is there that team for you in this tournament? Uh, I want to say Team USA. <laughs> it's patriotic. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard for that. I mean, I think. It's obviously a team that John Tortorella had a lot to do with as far as constructing the roster. Um, I'm still bad. I know we probably wouldn't have been able to play with his injury, but the fact that Phil Kessel was never a part of this roster after the performance that he put forth in the Stanley Cup playoffs was very perplexing to me. But then when you look at uh, some of the guys that did make it, namely a guy like Justin Applicator, um, clearly Torts wants this to be a team that can grind wins out. Um, but when you compare their roster to, say, Team Canada, you just say to yourself, how in the world are they ever going to beat these guys? I mean, um, the fact that P.K. Subban could not crack Canada's roster tells you just how deep they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Canada down the middle, I mean, it's very conceivable that a guy like John Tavares is going to have to play the wing because they're just so deep down the middle, right? So um, I, I want to say that Team USA can find ways to win. Um, but it's going to be very difficult just given specifically the amount of talent on Canada's roster and even Team North America's roster. Like I said earlier, that's a heck of a young competitive roster, and it's going to be very tough for Team USA to find ways to win, I think. Yeah, Brian, my my question remains here on the Team USA roster, and it it, it is pretty confusing when you look through at some of these other rosters um, in the tournament. You look at these rosters, and most teams are built and predicated on that speed of the game and, and skill. When we look at Team USA, we're seeing size and skill. And, and when you looked in the playoffs, I mean, I, I think a perfect example of, of where the, you know, the Stanley Cup kind of went wrong was the speed of Pittsburgh opposed to the kind of grinded out, slower style of, of San Jose. I mean, could that be, does Team USA to you, I mean, you said they're a, they're a sleeper team here, but I look at it as they might fight to be one of those bottom dwelling teams in this tournament. Do they, do you think, even really have a shot at this? 
I think it's going to boil down to how good the goalies are. Hey, who's going to play? I mean, that's probably their their strength, right? Is their goaltending. I mean, mm-hmm. Corey Schneider, Jonathan Quick. I mean, there there's a lot of talented goalies on this roster, but um, it's going to boil down to how good the goaltending is, and can that? It's another team. Can can their blue line hold up? Um, we know that guys like Ryan McDonough and Ryan Suter can play 30, 35 minutes a night if need be, but. Um, after those two guys, it's not a great blue line. Uh, it's almost like a patchwork blue line. It's not a whole lot of uh, – it's not Canada's blue line, put it that way. So there's right. no, there's no Drew, Drew Doughty's and uh, Shea Weber's, those kind of guys. So um, they're going to have to stand on their heads, and they're going to have to find ways like guys like applicators. They're going to have to stand in front of the net and take a pounding and hopefully get those dirty goals. That's probably going to be the only way Team USA can find ways to win in this tournament. You talked about goaltending for Team USA. Goaltending for Team Canada is really uh, the the question that I have here. Is this is Carey Price's you know net team to be the number one goalie for right? I mean, it's still his net. Or do you think Braden Holpe has really taken that next step to be the next goalie for Team Canada here? Because I mean, Carey Price he was phenomenal for Canada in the Olympics in 2014. Does he still carry the torch there? Well, not only that, I mean, just how far the Canadians fall when Price got hurt last year. I mean, they were on cruise control of the playoffs. Uh, they were beating teams left and right before he went down. And I found it interesting, too, about a week ago when Hopi said, why wouldn't Carey Price play in this tournament? I thought that was very uh, – usually you, you would have somebody say, you know, I, you know, I want to play. It should be mine. That, too, Hopi had one of the best years in recent memory for the Caps last year. So um, I would think it's Price's net, um, but he's going to have to earn it just because of the talent that's there. Um, and I think I hope he plays just so we get a gauge of uh, just uh, is he back? Is, is he 100 percent? Is he ready to bring the Canadians back to prominence after that devastating injury last year that ruined their season? I mean, like I said, they were on cruise control to make the playoffs. All right. So, Brian, one last question here for you. If judging by the rosters and where you think these teams are going to pan out, who's going to be the final four teams playing in the semifinals and then? you know, eventually going to play in the championship. Who's who's your final four? Oh, that's tough. Well, Canada for sure. Um, I think Team North America has a really good chance. Um, I love Team Sweden. Um, there's a hell of a lot of talent there. Um, I, I really want and Team Russia, right? I mean, Team Russia has to be there too. Yeah. Um, a lot of talent there. Um, I'm trying to be patriotic, fellas, but like I said, I'm just not convinced. <laughs> that this American team is good enough to make the final four. Right, yeah, and I completely understand because, I mean, there are a ton of questions surrounding the U.S. team. One team that really does intrigue me, though, is Finland. I think Finland's got some really good talent up front on the forwards. Uh, Their their defense, of course, is young, but I totally agree with you is that if Tuka Rask doesn't play uh, all that well, they got to rely on either Pekka Rinne or Mikko Koskinen, who played extremely well for Finland in the World Juniors this past uh, December and January, but uh, yeah, I mean, Finland's one of those teams to me also that's going to be very intriguing in this tournament. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's ultimately going to boil down to can those young defensemen hold up and, and clearly, um, and it goes really for any team. If your goaltending's not good enough, you're not going to have much of a chance. But I think it, specifically in this tournament, Tukarask has to be off the charts. All right, Brian Compton, NHL.com. We appreciate you joining us on this Labor Day weekend. Enjoy the break and uh, this uh, nice long three-day weekend. I know we will, so, uh, so enjoy. And thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Take Great. Care. Brian Compton, NHL.com, there on the AT&T hotline. 
A lot of interesting things about the tournament there, Brayton. Obviously, we didn't get to the rosters of the Czech Republic and uh, and Finland. We'll do that uh, when we come back. I also got one more thing well. for you. When we come back, we'll get to those two rosters. But I got another interesting. Uh, there was a tweet that came out Thursday or Friday, and I want to bring it up. And I want to bring up some notable names that would be a part of this roster. And we'll do that when we come back next. Nice little tease there. So we'll do that next. This is Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nate Geary. Brayton Wilson here on WGR. I got an interesting story about that game. That game? Yeah, that game in specific. That versus the line and goal. I was working, uh, helping out Vancouver's radio station with being a, a stringer. And uh, I was sitting, I was standing outside of their locker room waiting to go in. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to overtime. And I didn't see the goal. I only, like, heard the reaction from the crowd. And I was listening to the broadcast in my ear. And when the goal goes on, like, you know, I hear the crowd and everything, and then all of a sudden I just hear the entire Vancouver locker room just like guys back there just like, you've got to be kidding me, like going nuts saying like, oh, come on. Like, it, I, I just thought it was a like a really cool, funny thing. You to, to be to in the room about. for that. Yeah, uh, it was it was kind of a it's kind of a different experience. It's the agony of defeat that I just that I experienced. But that at the day. same time, you're like secretly. Yes. It was kind of it was kind of one of those things where it's just like okay, like let's not. Awesome. I don't want to show that I'm like really into this, but you know, I'm pretty into it. Was this. it was definitely a, a different experience. Eight oh three oh five fifty. The number is uh, is the number you got to call there. Eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you're out of the area, we're talking a little international hockey, the World Cup of hockey, which uh, training camp starts this week. It officially, first game starts September seventeenth. Goes two weeks till October first. So uh, we're previewing that a little bit in the first hour here. Um, second hour, we're going to get into the Bills. Uh, made a few interesting cuts yesterday, keeping Rob, uh, not Rob. But the uh, the smallest, the youngest Gronk. I guess he's probably not the, the probably not the smallest. He's probably not the smallest. Baby but Glenn, Gronk. He's the they, baby Gronk. They keep Glenn Gronkowski uh, instead of Jerome Felton. Uh, so we'll get your calls and uh, opinions and tweets and everything like that on that. Uh, but what I wanted to do was finish previewing some of these teams as we really didn't get to the final two teams, Team Czech Republic and Team Finland. Uh, we'll start first, Brayton, with Czech Republic. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked to Brian Compton <laughs> last segment, and he just said the Czech Republic wasn't great as they were, but then they lost uh, David Krejci to injury. And, yeah, this team, um, they're big and they're slow. Yeah, that, that's that's like just my – I mean, the fastest yeah. guy that I see on their roster right now, uh, maybe Tomas Hurdle from was, was San Jose. Hurdle, but... but besides – I mean, David Pasternak's also good, but – Czech Republic every year it seems like that they've they got these really good young talents come in but then uh, besides that I mean they've got they've got some aging guys here their defense is really slow I mean their chances of winning in this tournament I I don't see being great I see them almost at uh, at the bottom at like five seven percent seven or eight yeah their goaltending situation also difficult Michael Neuverth I mean maybe your starter Peter Morazic will be the starter and then and then then probably Andre Pavlik's number three because 
Pavlik had a terrible year in Winnipeg last year. Yeah. All right. And Team Finland, as we talked a little bit about with uh, with Brian Compton from NHL.com, uh, a team that could be in the top four. They're going to be fighting for it. That's for sure. Um, a few guys you should uh, you should be paying attention to. They're uh, as we talked about, obviously Rasmus Ristolainen on the back end there uh, with Sami Vatanen as well. Uh, Line. Uh, he will be on the roster as Patrick well. Line, yep. uh, Tara Vinen, um, let's see, Korpakowski. One guy that uh, had a Jokinen. really good World Junior Championship that's going to be playing for Finland is Sebastian Aho. He was the center mm-hmm. between Puyo Yarvi and Laine. And Aho was phenomenal. Aho. So I think that, and he's, I think he's coming over to North America this year playing for the Carolina Hurricanes organization. He's one guy that I think was a third or fourth round pick. Maybe he was second. He was a second round pick. And. Like people were raving about him when they took him, and you can understand why. He's really going to be uh, a really good, one of the top Finnish players, like top young Finnish players coming up on on the offense. So there's your World Cup of Hockey preview on WGR Sports Radio 550. We will be uh, following along in the coming weeks as uh, Jack Eichel. Dmitry Kulikov and Rasmus, Rasmus Ristolainen represent the Sabres in the World Cup of Hockey, uh, each for their respective teams, so we'll keep you updated there as I got, we move along. I got one more thing for you before we end this talk. There was an uh, interesting tweet that came out on Thursday. David Booth, former Florida Panthers, Vancouver Canucks, Toronto Maple Leafs player, uh, he sent out a tweet uh, saying, Hey, World Cup of Hockey, is it too late to add an all-buyout team? Could I mean? We would, I, we I would want need, all of that. We would need a tenth. It would team, be though. like just think of the players that would be on that all buyout team. I kind of mapped out or some like of maybe them. Maybe a that forty would be... plus team and then a buyout team. <laughs> I think the uh, I mean a forty but, plus team. The forty like plus Sergei team Federoff, would be interesting. Like, oh yeah, like it, it would be like a Hall of Fame let's team. Let's bring basically. Doug Gilmore back. But I I went through some of the more notable buyouts over the past many many years in the NHL's history and. Some of the names that I came up with, of course, there's Billy Leno and Christian Ehrhoff. Then there's Danny Breer. He was bought out by Philadelphia. Brad Richards was bought out by the Rangers. Alexi Yashin, when he was bought out by the Islanders, he'd be a candidate for this team. Wade Redden, who was signed to a mega deal by the Rangers and then played like two years in the AHL. And then in goal, there's two prominent names, Rick DiPietro and Ilya Brzgalov. I'm taking DiPietro all day. Like this team actually wouldn't, be that bad they would could be able to be a decent contender i think they'd be better off than czech republic but or team usa that no team I, usa is <laughs> much better than this team but i, I don't know the all buyout team i, I think with Ilya Brzgalov my top me up. my top line would be thomas vanek vincent lecavalier and alexi ashen and then after that it would be it would be like Vili leno danny Breer, and alexander semen Ooh, semen yeah he plays in the khl now right yes he yes. does yeah all right We are going to switch our gears a little bit here in the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about the the Bills' recent roster moves. They shaved their roster down to 53 men. Uh, There can be some movement in the coming days here as other teams also are shaving their rosters. I think 4 p.m. on Monday um, is when teams will need to have their rosters cut down to that 53-man limit. Uh, We'll also talk about some college football as uh, the college football season has officially got underway. Uh, We've got a couple games going on now, but uh, we're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty this afternoon. uh, Oklahoma-Houston, a battle between a couple ranked opponents we'll have here uh, starting basically in a minute or so. Uh, Michigan gets underway this afternoon against Hawaii, so uh, Michigan should probably run away uh, pretty easily with that one. LSU, as we mentioned earlier, plays Wisconsin at Lambeau Field, so that'll be one to watch this afternoon as well. Then this, uh, this evening, 
Uh, another game I'll be watching is uh, Georgia versus North Carolina. Uh, that one will, I think, be a great game, and it's tough to tell really where either team is there. And then tonight, uh, the game in prime time, two games in prime time you'll want to pay attention to, USC and Alabama. Um, that one will be an interesting one. That one's on ABC. And then you've got Clemson and Auburn, which I think would be an interesting matchup. Um, we'll see just how good the SEC is there, um, whether or not they can keep up with a uh, very, very talented Deshaun Watson and Clemson team, who did lose a lot on defense, though. Um, so we will uh, preview a little bit of college football with Pete Cardis and his, um, and his college football primer at 1.30. But as I mentioned, we will have Kevin Connors on next hour. Uh, ESPN anchor and uh, pretty avid Bills fan, so we'll get his thoughts on where he thinks the Bills go this season, and uh, and maybe uh, a little bit into uh, you know his Yankees as well because he is a Yankees fan. So we'll talk a little baseball with him as well. Uh, so we'll have all that the next two hours here on Sports Talk Saturday. I'm Nate Geary for Brayton Wilson and Derek Kramer. This is WGR. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.